And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. From Envision Financial Services, Luke Smith, good afternoon and Happy New Year. Welcome back. Good to see you. It's uh, good to be back, I think. Um, I don't know. I like being on holiday, actually. Can I stay on holiday a bit longer? Hey, I'm here on my holiday, so, you know, I'm going to put a foot in both camps. So enjoy it while it lasts. Because You're not we're... really having a holiday. You're doing work around the house, aren't you? Well, I'm just yeah. earning brownie points with my wife. That's all I'm doing. That's it. We're here today to talk financial matters, as always. Today we've got an interesting topic. How can someone set up a small portfolio and get things going. Mm. Now, I was immediately tempted to say, well, that's easy. You start with a large portfolio and make some bad decisions. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people who have been in those shoes. Uh, But for people that are looking at the beginning of their investment journey, Uh, it can be very confusing to figure out where to start. And you might even be tempted to think, well, I don't have very much. I can't really start a portfolio with only a a small amount of money. But you'd be wrong. Look, exactly right. And I think I just wanted to sort of extend on from last week when we we tried to point out the benefits of of compound interest, which were the ability to create a small portfolio, add to it over time, and just let the dividends reinvest and reinvest and reinvest. And as we learnt last week, there can be some exponential benefits achieved by setting something up and just leaving it alone for an extended period of time. And I and I sort of brought that one up because coming into Christmas, I was getting loads of questions around, well, what could I do for my kids? What could I do for my grandkids? So I think that's a great one for, for mums and dads and, and grandma and grandpa. If you want to you kick something off, great. Today, I thought I'd extend on that and say, well, how can you do it? Because I think one of the greatest fallacies that I come across you know in my line of work is that oh well I can't do that I don't have 10 grand I don't have 50 grand and I just want to bust that today and people can can know that no matter what you want to do I think doing a little something a little sooner I think that'll be this year's motto um and and sort of busting that myth of I need a lot of capital because you really don't you know you can you can look at it a few different ways you can open a trading account you can go to your respective, you know, online trading platform, which has, you know, cost-effective brokerage, and you can buy some investments if you know what you're doing, and you can add to those over time. And again, I would preface that by saying you should be adding consistently and and building on on good quality assets. Um, if you want to have something that's a little bit more set and forget and a little bit more automated, then you could go down that micro-investing road where, you know, we've spoken about Ray's um, Spaceship Voyager. That's another one. Um, Stake, that's a that's a micro-investing app that'll let you get into US-based stocks. Um, Razor, that's a, a micro-investing with an ethical focus if if you're that way inclined so they've they've really got something out there for everybody and for the for the real sort of punters and and, and the crypto lovers there's there's bamboo um and you can get into doing that crypto thing um mm-hmm. with very little um so regardless of what you want to do that micro investing platform i think for me it's a great starting point for young people mums and dads and just about anybody that wants to kick something off. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm, I'm happy to say I, I use something like this for my children myself. I, I opened an account um, when they were little and I had to go down this road of investigation because so many times I have people come in and go, well, what could I do for my kids? It's just sitting in a bank account. So I had to find an answer. 
And if, if I'm going to give people that answer, I'm more than happy to use this type of facility myself. And, you know, I, I use that example of, you know, I started something with $200, you know, uh, start of 2020. Um, and I added something into it every month. Um, and some of these micro-investing ones, like Raise, for example, um, they round up your transactions. So there are some additional features that you can sort of unconsciously take advantage of and add to the value of your asset base. Um, you could also go into a pre-made portfolio. So uh, BlackRock, uh, Vanguard, uh, Vanguard is probably one of the largest issuers of investments on the planet. Um, they created a very, very good retail platform about 12 months ago. Um, and you can open up an account there, I think, for 200 or $500. And again, it allows you to go in and say, right, what do I want to do? For those that have a little bit more experience, you could go and select some different ETFs or some wholesale managed funds. And you might say, well, I'll have some Australian equities, I'll have some international and some property. And those ETFs will have a myriad of investments inside them so that they're internally diversified and they're spreading your risk. And you can say, right, I'll go a third, a third, a third, for example, and I'm going to throw in whatever I can afford each month out of a linked bank account and, and add to that over time and, and get that benefit of compounding underway. The story here, of course, is that technology and these micro-investing apps has actually made it easier than ever before yes. to get started with an investment journey, hasn't it? A hundred percent. And again, this is why I want people to, to be aware of it. I don't care what you use. I'm just rattling off a couple of names that I've come across myself. Um, use whatever's right for you because the pre-made portfolios in a lot of these things are probably more defensive than your default superannuation option. Because a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't want anything risky, yet they'll be running 80% growth assets in their super fund and think they've got a balanced portfolio. So, you know, a lot of these these pre-made portfolios, whether it's a, a micro-investing app or something like a Vanguard, you can go to Vanguard and say, well, I want a 50-50 mix of growth and defensive. And you can pick their balanced option because it is truly balanced. You can pick a growth portfolio at Vanguard and you'll have 70% growth assets and 30% defensive. You can pick a high growth, which will be 85-15. So if you don't want to pick the individual sectors yourself, go to a pre-made portfolio. It yeah. will do you no damage. I would also say don't, don't go and do something like this and buy fixed interest. You know, put your fixed interest in your super fund. Have your defensive component in your super fund. If you're going to do something like this, you want to maximise the potential for growth and maximise the potential for the return, I would be investing in Australian shares, international property infrastructure, the things that will go up in value. Saving your money and, and investing into fixed interest, I, d I don't think it's going to give you the bang for your buck um, that you're looking for because, as we know, fixed interest assets don't grow and they're there to be on the safer side of things. So, you know, if, if you want to have a component of that, great, but to really make the most of this sort of thing, you need to accept that you're going to take on some different sector risk yeah. and, and you can mitigate that by adding new investments along the journey. Now, the technology of micro-investing apps, for example, might be new, but the underlying principle is very, very old. And the yes. underlying principle is put aside regular savings on a regular basis, a regular amount. Mm. Put it aside without fail. Yeah. Step two invest those savings in a productive asset. Now, that's the basic principle. It applies whether you're using a micro app or whether you're doing your own online trading yep. or if you're going down a more traditional avenue, it's the same principle. 
Yeah, 100%. And, and I think that's really what we want to get across to people is do a little something a little sooner because the numbers we spoke about in last week's episode around the benefits of compounding, when you start talking about time, if you're going to do this for your, your grandson, your granddaughter, whoever you've got in your family that's just landed on this earth, kicking something off and just letting it cook until they're 25, we saw last week, was exponentially better than holding the money in the bank. Yeah. And then if you held it for another 10 years, the growth was you know, phenomenal. So time is your friend and automation is your friend and repetition is your friend. You know, put like you know, I was explaining it to my wife the other day. I said, if you put all those ingredients in there and just let it cook, it tastes really good. <laughs> if you taste some of these things in isolation, they're not great. Mm-hmm. And I think that that sort of analogy is, is very relevant here. As you say, these aren't new principles, but we just want to get across to people. You don't need 10, 15, 20, 30,000 to start. No. These, these micro-investing apps and, and platforms like Vanguard are wonderful. They give you access to high-quality assets, um, and you can control the level of risk relevant for you. And then, as you say, set it up, reinvest, leave it alone, and look at it in 15 or 20 years. Yeah. And if you can save a couple of hundred bucks a week, that's almost a grand a month. Yeah. And uh, with a grand a month, you can start buying shares or buying ETFs or yeah. buying other forms of investment. Exactly right. I think that's it. It's, it's if you can kick it off and then just look at it every now and then and make sure that you haven't got a significant overweight position in one particular area. And that's where your pre-made portfolios are really handy because they will maintain a 50-50, 70-30 mix anyway. Um, So if you can go into one of those, it takes the guesswork out of it for people that say, oh, well, I don't know the difference between two investments. I don't know what the underlying holdings are. They're all really relevant concerns. So a pre-made portfolio is going to be wonderful for you because they will take care of all of that internal investment and you just need to keep being repetitious and throwing money into the portfolio and, again, let it cook just leave it alone and look at it in 10 or 15 years. And, of course, the whole process is very easily automated. You can make automatic deductions from your bank account on a regular basis to be directed yeah. into your savings plan, whatever yep. it might be. Yep. And, of course, these apps that we're talking about uh, not only help to automate the process but do other things like you mentioned a while ago. They can automatically round up transactions that mm. you make so extra money is fed back into your investment plan and yep. you don't notice the extra money because it's a few cents each time but it all adds up. Exactly right and again it's about building that that allocation of money and i think it's also a great way to build engagement with younger kids you know i I know i explain it to my kids and and i sort of show them what's in there and they say well you know can we use this to buy a horse and i say no (laughs) and then the next week they want to spend it on something else because they're kids but they know that the thing is there and that's that's the most important thing is 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 teaching kids about investment and 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 the, the benefits of being committed to a process. And I think that's, again, a secondary benefit for you and, and the next generation because they can be part of it as well. Um, but it's really as simple as you say is open an account, mm-hmm. link a bank account to it, select your initial investments, select an amount that you can repetitiously have debited out of a linked bank account. It's all automated. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to forget, oh, I need to double up from last week. If you don't have to touch it, you've got a 100% increase in the likelihood of you being consistent. And again, don't don't go overboard. 
you know, if your friends are doing that much a month or that much a week, you don't have to do that. Just do what's right for you. There's no perfect number, but I think anything is better than nothing, no matter how small it is. Now, you said something about the kids, which got me to thinking, yes, the kids want to buy a pony. Okay, I understand that. But grown-ups also can be subject to temptation. They yep. see that their savings have reached a certain amount and they go, oh, you know what? I could get a nice new car for that or I could go on a nice overseas holiday. How do we resist that temptation? I, I, would, I would be saving into these sorts of facilities with a portion of your total savings. So then you've got something over here that you can dip into for the new phone, the new car, the new something, and just do the portfolio as a percentage of your total capacity so that you eliminate the need to look at it as an option when it comes to spending. I'd be putting 20% to the left into a portfolio and 80% of savings into either an offset account an investment property or whatever else you've got going on so that if you do need to go, oh, hang on, I do like that and that's nice and shiny, you've got the ability to go and do it over on the 80% of your savings and just let that 20% cook. Now, that that percentage weighting will be different for everybody. Yeah, it's um, an individual choice. Exactly. But I think have don't have this as everything. I guess that's what I want to sort of get across is don't make this your be-all and end-all because I, I, I'm of the, the ilk that... If it's in there, it's gone. Yeah, It's not mine. I'm not using it. I can't touch it. I don't even look at it. Um, and I, I would be doing this from another bank account or, or keeping it separate from your other savings for that very reason. Yeah, so effectively two savings plans, one for yep. your capital and one yep. for future spending. Yep, exactly. One yep. for spending and ripping and, you know, peer pressure. That's fine. <laughs> hey, and look, I'm pro-spend, right? Everybody knows my shoe collection's out of control. Mm. Um but as I always say to most clients, as a percentage of what? Yeah. And I think that's where people need to stay in their lane and do what's right for them and not be coerced or, or, or pressured into committing money to a, a, a facility that's a great idea that could then have lifestyle implications and, and make mortgage payments and other things difficult. We, we, we don't want that at all. No. We just want a little something a little sooner and let it cook. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're talking about how to set up a small portfolio and get your investment journey started. It's 10 to 5, back with more in just a moment. It's about seven minutes to five. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're talking about how to set up a small portfolio and get started on your investment journey. Luke, what are the key things people need to remember when starting a small portfolio? Yes, you know, as we touched on before the ad break, I think something's better than nothing. So... Do whatever you can afford to do because um, I appreciate that everybody's in, in a different financial situation and I think you need to do what's right for you. If you're going to do it as a couple, then you both need to be committed to it because it, you generally live with two incomes in that scenario so you both need to be part of it because it's far more sustainable um, when both parties are involved. Be like losing weight. It's hard to eat a salad when someone's sitting across the table from you mm. eating Big Macs, you know? Like, <laughs> Well, another one's like uh, if you want to quit smoking and you're living with a smoker, it's yeah, all, you know, exactly. impossible. So you both need to quit. <laughs> exactly. So you both need to be part of it to stay committed. Um, do what you can. It's not a competition. Don't get lured into, oh, I'm doing this and you're doing that. I need to do as much as him or her or, you know, just do what's right for you. Be consistent and automate it. If you find that you can 
increase your contribution over time and it's not going to affect your lifestyle, then do so. But use automation because that's that's the key to set and forget. Um, maintain growth assets. If you don't know how to create a portfolio or what to buy yourself, look at a pre-made option because you'll be able to ascertain the level of risk that you're taking on by the percentage of growth assets that you hold. Um, so there's, there's something there for the experienced investor. There's also something there for the novice. Um, in a similar vein, think about it like your super fund. You go into a super fund and pick the balance box. You don't know what balance means, but you pick it because in your brain you think, oh, 50-50 balanced. Probably isn't, but you know this is the same. Pick, pick a risk profile that's right for you. Leave it alone because time is your friend. And then every now and then just review your holdings so that you don't have one massive allocation of something and a couple of smaller ones. Try and keep that spread of assets consistent. And if you do need to increase the diversification, look at the provider that you've chosen to go with and add in another investment and then maybe say, right, for the next 12 months, we're going to funnel our money into that particular investment with 70% of our contribution and do 10% into the other three that are already there just to try and bring up an equal weighting of the assets that you hold. But as I say, a lot of these micro-investing apps and your, your fund providers like your Vanguards, they have a, a really, really strong suite of well-diversified ETFs or wholesale managed funds, um, and they're very, very cost-effective to run. So it's 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 really, really good. Yeah, and you don't have to use the modern technology, but if you're willing to give it a go, it makes life easier. And it's very, very simple to mm. actually use yeah. um, mechanically. You know, so don't be frightened if 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 tech isn't your thing. It you really can do it because look, if I'm I'm no tech guru, and if I can work it out. I reckon anybody can work it out. Fantastic. So, Luke, what are the key things that people should remember? Um, look, I think consistency I... and time. They're the, they're the two big ones. Yeah. And where can listeners get more information? So, office number 62604749. I think we're taking appointments in March at the moment. Uh, envisionfinancial.com.au. That's E in for Envision. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker. Luke talks money on iTunes and Spotify. We've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, you can subscribe to. We've got the strategy stacker on the tiki tocker and compound interest and these types of investment strategies are all in smart money strategy your ultimate guide to financial planning which is out in all good bookstores absolutely and available online as well luke smith thanks very much for dropping by today see you next week luke smith from envision financial back in the studio at the same time once again next friday afternoon to talk money matters once again